This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to another installment of the SA Radio Award-winning show known as the COVID Report. The show where I provide you with comprehensive coverage of the coronavirus pandemic with the help of the lovely team of producers that we have here at Vowa Family 8.1. I am your host, Ukamilikhe Okwapovana, here to give you the show that gives you all of the facts, all of the stats, all of the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. Ever since vaccination was made available, there have been those who are in favor of the vaccinations and, on the opposite side of the spectrum, those who are against vaccinations. The problem is that those who favor vaccinations tend to be more judgmental towards those who are against vaccinations based on the argument that quote, they get their facts from social media. But not a lot of space and grace has been given towards hearing the arguments of those who harbor apprehension towards taking the vaccine as far as why they feel the way they feel about taking the vaccine without them being judged. As much as we say that vaccinations should be taken because the science and the data has proven that it works, we must remember that these, that there are things that scientists might not be able to explain in layman's terms um, to those who might still harbor those apprehensions or might flat out refuse to take the vaccine and that inability to relay the information could also be a contributing factor to the existence of that apprehension and also data can arguably be manipulated as well to favor the desired outcome so in the interest of entertaining the opposing perspective on the matter of vaccines and taking the vaccine it is an absolute pleasure of mine to at this time be joined by a proud South African anti-vaxxer Miss Malaika Harris and uh, she will be sharing her views with us here on the COVID report. Miss Harris, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the COVID report. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, you, uh, as as my brief tells me here, are a proud South African anti-vaxxer. Could you please talk us through the motivation behind your apprehension towards the vaccine? All right, let's first get one thing straight, and that is I'm definitely a proud South African. I am not an anti-vaxxer, however. I think that needs to be reiterated that I believe in God. I believe very much in pro-choice. I think everybody has the right to decide for themselves their body, and they should have ability, shall we say, to, to, to decide whether they want the vax or they don't want the vax. I would also like to refer to the vaccine as the jab, if that's possible, because I don't believe it's a vaccine at all. Okay. What what would you say informs your belief that, as you as you just as you just said, it's just a jab, it's not a vaccine? Could it could this be possibly down to a a lack of information that has been filtered down to you as far as what the vaccine does, how it affects the human body, or what what other research or what other information have has formed uh, or helped you form the stance that you have taken against the the jab, as you refer to? All right. Well, basically, I think it, it, it's such a hell of a long story. And to be quite honest, we'd have to do a couple of sessions to get to the bottom of it. But basically, the lies and the crimes perpetrated by the elite together with their puppet governments all over the world is what got me going to actually join this, as you say, anti-jab campaign. The tyranny that plagues Australia and Canada at the moment leaves me speechless. 
reality checks, we've had, I think it's been over 100 doctors, um, organizations, governments together that have collectively come together to this point that have actually come to an agreement that there is no evidence of a virus called SARS-CoV-2, first of all. That has been confirmed. Um, the problem, however, is the mainstream media, which is very much controlled by the elite, unfortunately has been told not to put out the reality and the actual side effects and the, shall we say, the bad, the badness of the vaccine itself. All right, uh, Ms. Harris. Um, and just to clarify, you, you went to great lengths to state that you aren't necessarily an anti-vaxxer, but you have your own apprehensions towards the jab. Does this mean that you are against all COVID-19 vaccinations or just the available ones? No, no, no. Okay, just coming back to your first question of what led me to be part of this anti-vax campaign, shall we say is there were a couple of things that tied up to, 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 to the actual, um, the eventuality of what we were finding in the sense the PCR test that was initially brought out when COVID first came to South Africa and all over the world for that matter, everybody had to run and have these COVID tests at 800 rand per shot. The actual person that designed the PCR test, which was a Dr. Carey, made the statement that this, PCR test was not to be tested for flu or for any virus. The reason being that it was not reliable enough to actually isolate whether it was a virus or whether it was the flu. So 90% of the time when people did go for the COVID test, they would come out positive because maybe they're sitting with a flu, etc., etc. So that was one of the things that got us going. And obviously a lot of people made money out of that. Then we went into lockdown, which was completely unnecessary. I mean, people suffered immensely because of this lockdown <clears throat> to a point that people have actually become homeless. And again, the lockdown was a tool used by the elite to destroy the economy. That is why I say it's not just a case of a vaccination and a COVID. There is a plan, and this plan has been in motion for, for years and years and years. Then we have another situation when when eventually they did release the vaccination, which took less than one year to create without any trials or tests. <coughs> Sorry, considering the fastest vaccine that was ever created was the mumps vaccine, which took on average about four years. Under normal circumstances, making a vaccine can take up to 10 to 14 years to create. But yet this jab, which was lab-infused, has been given to the people on the... the premise that it's going to stop them from getting COVID-19. And in actual fact, they are getting it 10 times more than an unvaccinated person because their immune system has been tackled now. Sorry, so coming back to your question. Yes, I'm still listening. Yeah, no, and then you've got another situation where, I mean, there is a 99.7% recovery rate of getting COVID-19. Certain treatment was released that can be taken for this COVID-19. Unfortunately, doctors all over the world refuted it and said, no, it's not going to work. That's not going to work. You need to go onto ventilators. And eventually, Dr. Fake Fauci, we call him, decided to actually go out and tell hospitals, doctors, they must now give their patients remdesivir as well as ventilators and then kill our people. 
So these are the reasons that got me onto this because I'm very angry. I'm angry that we have such evil people in this world that can go to these lengths to basically depopulate the population. Now, Ms. Harris, I'm sure you can understand the potential for your views on the vaccine, your views on the existence of the COVID-19 virus, as you uh, made mention of a little bit earlier on over the course of our discussion. I'm sure you can appreciate the divisive nature, the um, polarizing nature of these views. When we of take course. into consideration how much devastation this pandemic has, has caused, To you, you, you rightly refer to it, it's left many people people across the country homeless. It's stripped many people of their businesses, their their means to make an income, their means to pursue education. It's fundamentally changed our lives. So my, my next question to you, Ms. Harris, is how do you manage the polarizing nature of the views that you hold regarding this virus and regarding this vaccine or this jab, as you refer to it? And how do you go about managing the relationships between between you and friends, you and family members who might not necessarily agree with your views and your stance? Well, I must tell you, it's a very, very good question and a very difficult question because, unfortunately, again, it is a, a bigger plan than we as little human beings on the globe can actually understand, whereas I say it's a depopulation, it's a divide and rule um, agenda on Within my own personal sphere, I must be honest, I've retracted a lot and I've just gone into doing a lot of research on this because obviously there's a lot of opinions out of there. And I, I think at this stage of the game, we need to listen more to our doctors, being the truth, standing by the oath that they took to look upon humanity and care for humanity, instead of just kept, you know, trying to come up on our own little stories and our own little writers. We basically go out there, we've got a group of people, we collate our information, we do a lot of research, etc., etc. Within my own chair, I've lost a lot of friends, there's no doubt about it, because obviously there are people that have been vaccinated. Some people haven't been, some close to me. Again, it's a choice. I believe in free choice for all. It has affected me to a point where, unfortunately, because of the actual content that are in the vaccine... Once you know the content, you tend to sort of stay on your own a little bit because of the shedding that will happen with the vaccinated on the unvaccinated. So, you know, it's, it's a thing where right now I'm just out there to put out the truth, to put out there what I know, the little that I do know. And, yeah, it's basically waking up people because I think, you know, the, the, the mainstream media, the control that has been put out there has, put, has built a lot of fear into people's lives. And that has been the biggest thing. It's fear, fear, fear. So everybody had an initial fear of COVID-19, getting sick, dying, maybe passing it on. Then it was a vaccination. It's a continuous barrage of fear, fear, fear. And I feel we as God's people, we don't need to fear anything except God above. So that's, you know, where I'm coming from on my personal level. Understood, Ms. Harris. You mentioned something about retracting a lot of previous statements that you've made, and I'd like to circle back to that um, for when we conclude our conversation. But before we do that, one other matter I'd like to get your perspective on. Our previous guest on this edition of the show, uh, Deputy Vice-Chancellor of the Wits University, Professor Lynn Morris, joined us on the show to unpack a proposed mandatory vaccination framework that is being put in place to make taking the vaccine mandatory for Wits students and 
staff should they wish to access campus facilities. And um, as she was explaining um, the framework to us, she mentioned that this is all in the interest of trying to get back to as normal a life as possible. And with many businesses in uh, across the country, across the world, following suit and finding their own ways to go about making taking the vaccination mandatory in order for operations to continue. What what are your views on the matter of certain individuals, certain businesses, certain institutions making taking the vaccine mandatory versus what we've been told by our own president as far as being assured that the the the, the choice to take the vaccine or not, the right to take the vaccine or not still remains with us as citizens. Does this further strengthen your stance against the vaccines? Well, let me put it this way. I'm a committed, strong activist, and I will do everything in my best to persuade our populace, our children, our people, wherever I can, not to take this vaccine. Um, I believe that it's very... There's a lot of tyranny on the the, the ground at the moment. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of political ploy. There's a lot of planning, and it's all going towards Agenda 2030. Reality check, if we check... What was stated with Agenda 21 is that there is not enough resources on, in the, on the planet. So therefore, a depopulation program would have to take effect. Now, I think it's very wrong for anybody to, to force a mandatory vaccination on anybody when, first of all, we don't know the actual proper, proper 100% contents of the vaccine. We know we've got graphene oxide in the vaccine. We know we've got aluminium. We know it creates spike proteins. We know there's metal, there's magnets. The point of the matter is how can you possibly make something mandatory that is a poison? How is that possible? Um, very, very firm stance that you have on that matter. And just it's to... Impossible. And and just to circle back to um, what we mentioned earlier, as far as what you were saying about the various statements that you have had, that you've retracted um, over the course of um, however long these vaccines have been a part of our lives. I have the exact number, but I can't think of it off the top of my head at this point in time. But as far as what you've been mentioning about making the various retractions here and there based on further information that is presented to you that maybe compels you to reevaluate evaluate certain stances that you take maybe compels you to reevaluate certain opinions and certain views that you hold about not the vaccine all. and not others. at all not at all okay i um, must tell you something i'm not a child i'm a quite a senior of age and if honestly be known i think in my young teens already i started studying and doing a lot of research on the illuminati the freemasons etc etc and unfortunately, we're at a point right now where even the United Nations is not our friend. They have never stopped a war. They are privately owned by the Rockefellers. And I think generally people need to start waking up and start smelling the roses because this is our life. This is our children's life. I've got grandchildren. I've got children. And believe me, I'm fighting for them. My life is literally almost over. So the fight is on because at the end of the day, I, I will not... I cannot. You know, someone, a very good friend of mine, just to give you an example, a very good friend of mine actually had the vaccine. And we got into a little bit of a debate, and she said, you know what, Um, please accept this as my, I mean, this is what I've done, please accept my position. And my words to her exactly was, I accept your, 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 your choice of being vaccinated, but 
me being a person that knows a lot more, I'm saying that a lot of than other people do. I need to bring this to the fore and I need to let people know about it. Because one day when I'm going to sit in front of my God, he's going to ask me, what did I do for humanity? And by damn, I don't want to sit there and say I didn't say anything or know anything. When in actual fact, I know a lot. Maybe not enough. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a medical expert. But as I say, we have lawyers behind us that physically have done tests. I mean, we've got Dr. Zandra Ibuot. I don't know if you know. Recently, this last week, she did some blood tests. And if not, at least I ask you guys to look out for the videos on YouTube, Dr. Zandra Ibuot. She's taken her to America and she just from a vaccinated and unvaccinated person are two different things altogether. The vaccine changes the gene. It's a gene therapy. That's what it is. So, you know, I just, there's so much, as I say, Papi, we could talk about and carry this on, but there's so much to this. It's actually, it's mind-boggling at times, to be it, quite honest. Indeed it is, Miss Harris. And um, you unfortunately interjected before I could ask you um, the actual meat of the question. And I, again, I meant no disrespect to you and the views that you have uh, as it pertains to the vaccine. You do have the right to have them. My question to you to conclude our conversation, Miss Harris, was should you be presented with more information, with extra information, with additional layers of information that might compel you to reevaluate the various stances that you have taken? Would you be prepared to reevaluate those stances? Or do you feel you are too deep in the activism that you are engaged in, in um, trying to inform people about the dangers of the vaccine? And it's far, it's, there's no turning back as far as retracting any of the stances that you've taken. Okay, to answer that, definitely there's no reason to reevaluate. I stand by everything that I say. Yeah, there's definitely no reason to evaluate. It is what it is, and as I say, we have the necessary proof that we have. So I would definitely not do that. All right. At this stage of the, yeah, okay. All right, then. Um, it is an absolute pleasure to be joined by Ms. Malika Harris, um, joining us here on the COVID report to um, tell us why exactly she has such a firm stance against the COVID-19 vaccine and the persistent existence of the COVID-19 pandemic itself. Ms. Harris, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for the insight that you have given us into this conversation. And Thanks again, thank you so much time, for... Joining us on the COVID report. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or stream by www.vafm.co.za.